Join me March 12th for a free event, Menopause Reset, a three-day challenge to help you kickstart your metabolism so you can lose weight, sleep better, stop the hot flashes, and regain your energy. If you're a midlife woman who has thought about implementing lifestyle changes to help stop the hot flashes, sleep better, and lose those extra pounds, listen up. If you're ready to get your life back, but you're worried about how much time it takes, how you're going to get your family on board, or you just don't know where to start, I have a strategy that is exactly what you need to help you get off the weight loss, sleep deprivation, hot flash, having a roller coaster. Head over to hellohotflash.com challenge to get your limited free spot. The Menopause Reset 3-Day Challenge includes nightly live coaching. We start March 12th, so sign up at hellohotflash.com challenge. See you March 12th. Hey there, I'm Stephanie Shaw. Welcome to the Hello Hot Flash podcast, where midlife women can learn from guest experts and authors who discuss menopause and all that comes with this new chapter in our lives. Hello Hot Flash, where we learn to control the change and not let the change control us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hello Hot Flash, where we help you control the midlife change. I'm excited to be here today with my guest, Dr. Cindy Sai. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. Dr. Cindy is an award-winning board-certified physician, TEDx speaker, best-selling author, and chief wellness officer focused on helping women say yes to themselves and more through taking a holistic mind, body, spirit approach to health and wellness. We all need to learn how to say yes to ourselves. I'll, I'll just start with that. <laughs> I think for so long, we're always, no, we can't do this. No, we, so I, I'm happy that you're spreading that good news around. Let's start the conversation by talking about your, um, what's fueled your passion for supporting women? Absolutely. So I had my own story and experience with burnout when I woke up one day not being able to see. And this happened in residency training. So more than 10 years ago, I talked about it in my TEDx talk. And basically what happened was I was a medical mystery and I woke up, the room was dark, blurry, went to see the doctors and they couldn't give me an answer about what was going on. It was incredibly frustrating to be on that side as a patient, feeling helpless, confused, because all of my labs looked normal, but I wasn't normal. (laughs) My prescription increased threefold overnight. And so um, I remember the doctor looking at me and just being like, well, this is interesting. (laughs) And you're like, you never want to be interesting to a doctor in this way. (laughs) Thankfully, a while later, other symptoms came up and I was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune condition impacting my eyes that could have led to full blindness. And so I was really motivated and committed to my own healing. And I dove deep into my own healing journey. I found integrative functional medicine, mindfulness, coaching, complementary alternative modalities, energy healing, and thankfully with all the things was able to heal my eyes. And I really had to pause and to look at what was actually going on in my life at the time, right? Because with autoimmune conditions, um, it's because there's significant inflammation in your body and that throws your whole system out of balance. 
And for me at the time, I was in residency training. I was working nights. And also during the day, instead of sleeping, resting, I would still be raising my hand, volunteering, doing research because I was so driven and just such an such a high achiever, overachiever for most of my life that, you know, I just kept going. And I see that in so many women Mm -hmm. because I think, well, for many reasons, I think culture, societal expectations, um, our upbringing, the media, whatever it is. But I think that a lot of women, we feel like we have to do everything. We have to be all things to all people. And we really put ourselves on the back burner. And when I went through my own healing journey um, and learned so many tools and skills and resources, I really was so compelled to help other women, especially to really learn how to take better care of themselves and really be in a much better place. Isn't it? I feel it's so weird. Like we're the best caregivers ever except when it comes to ourselves. Like we don't take that time to understand that we can't help others until we, until we start to, to help ourselves. So I'm happy that you're helping spread that message. I had the opportunity to listen to your watch, your TEDx speech, and it was amazing. I really loved it. Love the suit too. You know, I got to digress to that for a second. Thank you. <laughs> but, but a quote that I got from that is a quick fix is not a fix. Tell the audience what you meant by that quote. Yeah, definitely. So I think that in our current society and world, Mm -hmm. we're very much driven and conditioned by this instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even just think about, look at Amazon Prime, you order something and you expect it to be at your door that same day, the next day in two days. I think a lot of times, especially in terms of our health and well-being, we end up looking for that quick fix. Mm -hmm. So whether it be if you're having a headache and whatever, you're just immediately reaching for that ibuprofen, that pill, whatever, so that you can mask the symptoms for it to go away. And I think that there's definitely a time and place for these things, right? Especially when it's acute, urgent, you need to stabilize, like totally. It's not that I'm against medications at all. Um, I just think that when you're looking at um, really true alignment and healing, a lot of times there are just many different layers to it. Mm -hmm. And we really want to get to the root cause and to actually address it at that root so that you can really solve it for good, right? And a lot of times when we just do a quick fix, it's just that Band-Aid, it's that, you know, superficial fix. I I give that example of, it's like if if you have a plant that's dying, you know, the leaves are yellow, you can try to spray water on the yellowing leaves, or you can tend to the and nurture the dry soil, right? And really get to the root. And so I think that's what I really focus on in my care and practice and really helping people get to the root cause and really looking holistically at the whole picture, at the whole person, so that you can really be well. I appreciate that so much. I know you talk a lot about self-compassion as an aspect of healing. And I've not heard a lot of people talk about that. So how does menopause or even being a woman 
impact the woman's feeling of self and why is self-compassion really important for women? Yeah, so I think self-compassion is a skill that we all could benefit from and myself, especially having been a lifelong perfectionist, I've <laughs> always been incredibly hard on myself. And when I think about self-compassion, I define it as really bringing a sense of kindness and compassion to yourself. And it's about being your own best friend. And I think a lot of times as women, we go through different seasons in life, different cycles. And especially when you're talking about the transition to menopause and a lot of physical changes happen. And I find that sometimes we don't talk about enough the connection between our mind and our body, how the physical health impacts mental health, vice versa, spiritual health, emotional health, like all the things, all the, all the different aspects I see are very much interconnected. And that's why I think when you take care of one aspect, other aspects improve, right? A lot of times people, they swear by exercise, you know, they got to go for that run, they have that runner's high, and then they feel better, right? And that's, that's an example of, you know, you're addressing it on a physical level, but it has impacts on other areas of your life too. And so I think specifically with menopause, a lot of times it can be very challenging because you have all of these symptoms, hormonal changes, physical changes, mental changes, your energy is not as good, like all of these things. And it can really take a toll on your sense of self, how you see yourself, your self-esteem, your well-being. And I think a lot of times when we're not being as aware and mindful of these changes, there can be a tendency to go into this downward spiral and shame of, and then feeling like we're not good enough and like something's wrong with you and like, you know, nobody hears you and that life sucks. And like, you know, it's all downhill. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I know, I just, I see and hear it all the time, right. Working with these amazing, amazing women who have accomplished so much, but as they're going through these phases and changes and seasons in life, it really forces you to look at yourself in a different way. Right. And I think this is why self-compassion is so important, especially in these periods of time, because you have to be kind to yourself. You know, it's like you can't hate yourself there. Yeah. I think we oftentimes may have been misled into thinking that it, we can. And that's why I think we are often so hard on ourselves. We're like, we got to keep going and going and, you know, can't quit and all of that. But there's a difference, right? Um, between, because I, I think about self-compassion as being a very active process hmm. of really intentionally bringing that kindness in for yourself. And that sense of acceptance and love is so important. Give us some ideas on how we can start to be more, uh, compassionate to ourselves because for some of us that's really hard I'm, I also spend a lot of time beating myself up about the smallest things and then feeling bad about having self-compassion so how can we begin to implement that into our daily lives absolutely so I really like using um, researcher Dr. Kristen Ness framework and she breaks self-compassion down into three components 
She has a great TEDx talk on that too, um, and also a book called Self-Compassion. So the three components are number one, mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Number two is common humanity. And number three is self-kindness. And so specifically, mindfulness is really about paying attention to the present moment without judgment and really being here. And I think a lot of times that's where you have to start because we have to first be aware in order to notice, to change it, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't know that we're doing something wrong, how would we know we need to change it? So that's the first piece of actually starting with mindfulness of just being aware. And then also I have some prompts that I'll share that I think will be really helpful for people to to try out too. And then the second part is common humanity, which is this idea that we're all human Mm -hmm. and we're all going through this life called this experience called life, right? right? With its like messiness, its ups and downs and all of these things. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of times when we have a hard time, it, it makes our brain go into this panic mode. And then what happens is we lose our rational thinking. We feel like we're the only ones struggling and we, we retreat with, with we withdraw. Right. And so that can be really hard. So that's why it's always important to remember that common humanity piece that you're not alone. And then the third aspect is self-kindness, which is about being kind to yourself. And it's, I think about being kind as something that can be actively done. It's not, it's, you know, really being intentional about like, what would feel good to you? I know, especially for a lot of people who don't necessarily practice this regularly, I always say, well, think about what you would say or offer to a loved one, to your child, right? And just turn the, turn it around and offer it to yourself. Yeah. And that's hard sometimes to think, you know, you have to consider yourself worthy enough in order to even offer that, that self-compassion. But yeah, that's, that's some really good advice. I love that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I also, so an exercise I always like to share is just helping people come up with um, a few phrases or uh, mantras that resonate for them and repeating those. So Mm -hmm. for example, the mindfulness piece, a phrase, thinking about a phrase that can help you to be aware Mm -hmm. of what's actually going on. So for example, something like I'm having a hard time right now, like this is stress and just giving you a pause to notice what is. Mm -hmm. And then um, in terms of the common humanity piece, the reminding you that this happens to everyone. And so something like everyone goes through this sometimes right? Like I'm not alone, something like that. And then the last piece about self-kindness is really just something like I was trying my best. I was trying, you know, may I be kind to myself, just simple phrases like that, that I really recommend everyone just taking a moment to write down and then, you know, put it on a post-it, put it on your bathroom mirror and just have that as a constant reminder to help you be more kind and compassionate to yourself. That becomes powerful because when you start to see that positive message over and over, you start to believe it, you start to live it. And then that's when the change actually comes about. So that's, that's some very helpful advice. You talked a little bit about societal perception and cultural expectations. Talk to us about how they can influence self-compassion and maybe some ideas around how we can get past some of those um, 
societal pressures. Yeah, I think it's a really real aspect of our daily life. Yes. I think depending on where you are, your culture, your background, your upbringing, it has differing degrees of how it may have influenced you. Again, it all starts with awareness. And I think the fact that we're having this conversation is really great because I'm hopeful that there will be women who can hear this and really pause and think about, oh yeah, you know, where did this come from? And just pausing and questioning that is powerful, right? For example, the idea of how women need to take care of everything at home. And, and the fact that nowadays, a lot of women are career women who um, are entrepreneurial, who are just killing it professionally, and um, they're still doing a lot of the work at home. A lot of times it's because that's how their maternal figures were in their culture, what's expected. Um, and I do, and I will say, I mean, I think that we are in a patriarchal society and I think that it's outdated and the more we have conversations about this about the importance of change and shifting that balance I think it's it's going to be beneficial to everyone I agree I agree it feels like the guys are getting it (laughs) I um I took my grandson to a swimming lesson once actually my son and I and um, I went home and told my daughter-in-law, I'm like, oh, there were all these men there and they, you know, they have their kids at swimming. The fact that I was surprised by that kind of tells the story in and of itself. Do you know what I mean? Like we do still yeah. have a lot of growth that needs to happen, but it kind of feels like, you know, 30 somethings are getting it. <laughs> they do. And, and I think that's what's um, encouraging. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say that it's not just a gender thing. I think that there are definitely men who have been very supportive, very just who have been tremendous allies. But at the same time, I will say there have been women who have not been. Right. You're right. You're right. right. So you're one million percent right. It's not just a gender uh, thing. It's a a human thing. And we all start to understand how not only to have self-compassion, but to show compassion as well for people yeah yeah so Um, I think it's really important to really just highlight the realities and I think that you know having conversations and discussions and knowing that I'm hopeful and encouraged that the overall trajectory is is heading to a good place Um, but it is a process right you know to for people to really um, be open to this and and to shift over I completely agree. I love to hear good stories. And I want to squeeze this question in. Like in your experience, is there someone that perhaps came in needing the information that you were providing and then they just took off like a lightning bolt? Can you give us one of those uh, really cool stories? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so many of my clients, I'm just so grateful for to have been able to connect and to support and guide them. One person who comes into mind, she works professionally, she works part-time, and then she also takes care of her son. And she's always been this very high achiever, just working really hard. And then 
this perfectionist and she has like elderly parents and family. She just, she just basically does like pretty much all the things. And, you know, she'd be the kind of person to say yes and not have strong boundaries and all of that. And it was really draining her, you know, she was exhausted and it was really just taking a toll on her mentally, physically, and all these aspects through working together and really, especially bringing in self-compassion and all of that, she really turned around in terms of seeing her own self-worth. And it was just such, it was so heartwarming for me because as a coach, as a mentor and an advisor and guide and all the things like you already see your clients as the highest and best versions of themselves. And for her to be able to see that and, you know, glimpses of that all along the way, I think is just so beautiful. And I remember she soon after we started coaching, she had a family vacation that she was really stressed about. And she was like, the old me would have gone ballistic. (laughs) And then, you know, but she was able to like, just go through the family vacation. There was like no drama. And that's like, you know, huge, right? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that just with those shifts in your mindset, but there, you know, there's actually some misconceptions, though, around self compassion, like, for years, I thought that, you know, if you're you're being selfish because you're taking time away from others. So talk to us a little bit about the misconceptions around self-compassion and how do we address those if we're still feeling like that? Yeah, definitely. I think a couple of ones that that often come up. So first is thinking that self-compassion is the same as self-pity. Okay. And I always like to highlight that that because yeah, because self-compassion sometimes people think it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm like feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. And it's not that actually, because if you think about it, self-compassion actually is about when you have that sense of kindness for yourself, mm-hmm. it actually makes you more open and willing to accept, to experience and to acknowledge the difficult feelings with kindness. Right. And what that ha- what happens is then it actually helps us process and then we can actually let go of it more fully. And so the research shows that self-compassionate people are less likely to get drowned in self-pity and thinking about how bad things are, right? And, and that's why when you're more self-compassionate, you actually have better mental health. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then um, I think the thing also is uh, self-compassion is the same as weakness, right? Which it's not. In fact, when you're able to be, to practice and bring in self-compassion, you're actually going to be more resilient Mm. because you're going to be able to be, again, be more open to addressing the challenges, knowing that you're going to be able to take care of yourself throughout that process. And then I think definitely um, the part about self-compassion is if you're being self-compassionate, you're being selfish. You know, if you're spending all this time and energy on yourself, like you're not caring for others and and all of that. And I, I like to say that compassion is unlimited. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. Okay. 
Like there's an abundance of love and compassion when we look for it. Right, right. When we see it in that way. And I think the shift here is really recognizing when you're good to yourself, it really helps you be good to other people. And I've seen this personally myself in so many ways that as I've continued to bring in more and more self-compassion, I'm able to bring that compassion to my team, to other people, to friends, family, because I see them through this lens of compassion that I hold for myself and I hold for others. I love that. There's still some women sitting on the fence and they're you're like, I can't do this. <laughs> what advice do you have for those women who are finding it challenging to practice self-compassion? Like no matter what you say, they still think that this is, this is not for them. What advice would you yeah. have? Yeah. Well, I think another thing that comes up oftentimes when, when huh? there's resistance, huh? um, especially with the women who are very successful, high achieving and, and, you know, all of that is sometimes there's a, a belief thinking that self-compassion may make you complacent mm, Okay. because you're just being too easy on yourself. You're letting yourself off the hook, right? You're like not learning and, and whatever. And that's why I wanted to highlight that a lot of times I do see that as an, a, a reason. And I think part of it, and I always give the example of think about you know, it can be challenging to think about a time when you messed up in the past, but uh, think about a loved one who has messed up or one of your children, you know, when they made a mistake and how you responded, right? I think that when the response we get is full of shame, judgment, criticism, we shut down, right? We don't want to look at it. We feel terrible. We feel unworthy and all of it versus when the person responds with openness, with care, with kindness, with compassion, with love, with acceptance. I think you, there's a different energy, right? You feel a lot more supported and you're more open to actually looking at what happened, to reflecting, to processing and learning from it and moving past it. And so this caring, compassionate response actually helps us maintain our sense of self, our confidence, and we just feel so much more supported and we're going to be able to actually stay more motivated to move forward. So I think that's what I want to offer to a lot of the women who might be having a hard time with it. And knowing that this is a process and this is a skill that you develop and grow over time and you practice a little bit each day, a little bit each day. And then before you know it, it becomes a lot easier and part of your norm. Yeah, that's very true. It's just like the way that you build up in yourself that self-compassion is not right. It took a while for that to happen. That did not happen overnight. So coming out of that, you're exactly right. That will take a period of time. And it's so refreshing though, when you start implementing self-compassion, when you yeah. say no to all of the projects that you would have said yes to before. Um, I have something going on right now and I'm like, I've been saying yes, yes, yes to a couple of folks. Oh, it's time for me to reevaluate, make sure that I'm balancing. So it's ongoing all the time, always showing yourself compassion and, and recognizing when you're not so you can step up and speak up for yourself. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. 
Yeah. And I do want to share that. I think sometimes, because I see this all the time where you, you hear about it and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to try it out. And then, you know, you like try it and you're like, and then please don't be surprised if it feels really weird and uncomfortable. Very true. <laughs> especially when you're doing the mantras, you're like, uh, this yeah, is- especially if, you know, if you, if you're new to a lot of this work and you're like, rolling your eyes right and so I think that um <laughs> I think we all have our own journeys and our own pace and experiences that we're meant to go through and I always like to bring that in to help people see that it's okay for it to be weird and awkward and just uncomfortable yeah. like it's supposed to I especially think about if you're learning a new language and if you've never spoken it before, the first time you pronounce and you're like trying to order something in French, you probably think you're being like sounding silly. <laughs> I just think it's really important to bring that into for um, for your audience and community because I see it so often with um, with my clients and and really actually right this is that compassion practice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That is the. That's being compassionate with yourself to take the opportunity to learn. I love that. Yeah. Much. Tell us, do you have any resources or tools that you can share that women can gravitate to and, and, and start to be more compassionate with themselves? Yeah. Well, I think that exercise I shared earlier about the three components of self-compassion, I think are really helpful starting points for people um, to really break it down to the mindfulness the common humanity and the self-kindness, right? Just having three simple phrases that you can just go to, to help you recognize and bring in a little bit more compassion. Um, I think definitely there are a lot more books, resources, videos about this topic. I do always highly recommend Dr. Kristen Neff's work because she's done a lot of research in this area. And it's always helpful to see that okay, you know, this actually does have an impact on your health and your well-being and and all of that, right? And I think a lot of it is actually, it's an experiment and it's a journey for you to really build a closer relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. I I always say that every body, every person is different. And so the things you need are different Mm -hmm. and it's not one size fits all. And I think that fundamentally, yes, we're all humans and yes, we all need to drink water, you know, that kind of (laughs) stuff. But like, I think, you know, there are still definitely nuances and aspects that are very unique based on where you are in life, your beliefs and values. And I think that really is important to attend to, you know, if like repeating the phrases to yourself is something that just seems so far-fetched to you, you don't have, like, don't do that, you know, like <laughs> do things that work for you. And, and I think that's part of this whole journey. Um, and the fun of it is really helping you learn so much more about yourself and just helping you love yourself mm-hmm. even more. At the beginning, you started talking about root cause and not just putting water on the yellow leaves, but actually looking in the, at the soil. Is it dry? What's going on? What's going on underneath? And that's why I want to do this podcast is because a lot of times we'll talk about thyroid health or we'll talk about gut health and so forth. But 
this stuff right here is getting to the root. This is getting deep so that all of the nutrition and all of the walking and everything else, you can do all of that. But if you don't do this right here, the self-compassion, the mindset work, none of that is going to, I'm like a living witness that none of that will work. I did all the other stuff for months on end. I'm like, something just still isn't clicking. It's not working. And Having that self-compassion is huge. So I so appreciate you taking time today. I know your schedule is packed. So I thank you so much for taking time to talk with me and to share because this is such an important subject. But before you go, I do have two quick questions for you. So what are you reading or listening to now? I mean, I feel like I always have so many things that I'm listening and <laughs> so a book I got recently that I haven't started yet that I will probably do, especially um, over the holiday season is a book called Forgiveness. And it's by um, Ayanla Van Zandt. Yes, I do know. Yeah, Yeah, she's written so many wonderful books. And um, I really think forgiveness is um, a really important practice that we all could bring more into our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's game changer. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's easier said than done. um, But I think it goes very much hand in hand with compassion and and growth. So I'm looking forward to to doing that. You know, it's one of those books where you kind of go to and, and, you know, when you're feeling up for it. So (laughs) that's something that's definitely on my nightstand. It might make you work so yeah you're right you're like oh, I gotta run up to this because I might have to forgive people you have to be in you know you have to be in a reflective space and all that I think that with the whole you know with the holiday season I think that stuff is always good to to kind of reflect and and really help you release and let go and and move forward I agree with that how can folks find you Dr. Cindy yeah definitely so I'm on social media my handle is at Cindy MD. And I'm primarily on LinkedIn and Instagram, where I share posts regularly, helping people be healthy and well. And then also feel free to check out my website. It's cindycymd.com, where I offer a lot of resources on my blog, articles, things like that. And I also have a mailing list um, where I send out weekly emails. And so if anyone is interested in actually getting an awesome free guide to helping you gain more energy without overdosing caffeine, (laughs) I'd love to offer that to your audience and you can get a copy of that guide. It's called the so much better blueprint. So you just go to cindycymd.com forward slash blueprint, and then you'll be able to get a copy of that. Amazing. And I'll make sure that there's a link to that. Once again, thank you so much for joining me today. Everyone, thank you for listening to Hello Hot Flash, where we help you control the midlife change. Make sure to check out the show notes where we will include links to all of the subjects that we covered today. Here's to your health. If you're a midlife woman who has thought about implementing lifestyle changes to help stop the hot flashes, sleep better, and lose those extra pounds, well, listen up. If you're ready to get your life back, but you're worried about how much time it takes, how you're going to get your family on board, or you just don't know where to start. I have a strategy that is exactly what you need to help you get off the weight loss, sleep deprivation, hot flash having roller coaster. Join me March 12th for a free event, Menopause Reset, a three-day challenge to help you kickstart your metabolism so you can lose weight, sleep better, stop the hot flashes, and regain your energy. 
Head over to hellohotflash.com challenge to get your limited free spot. The Menopause Reset 3-Day Challenge includes nightly live coaching. We start March 12th, so sign up at hellohotflash.com challenge. See you March 12th.